This is Counter Stories, a podcast by people of color, for people of color, and everyone else. I'm Anthony Galloway, pastor of St. Mark AME Church and senior partner at the Dendros Group. I'm Halili, owner of the Other Media Group and producer of Counter Stories. I'm Don Eubanks, associate at Dendros Group and member of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe Indians. So uh, Luz Maria Frias couldn't be with us today. She had uh, work duties as our deputy attorney general for the state of Minnesota. So um, we are, are are just checking in with each other. On the day of this recording, it is the the uh, anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. And um, we are, are a day after the uh, receiving the news of the yet another school shooting uh, in the state of Texas. So there's a lot going on with us today amongst many other things. And so it's going to be a grab bag episode. We're going to check in with each other on these recent developments. We're going to check in on this unfortunate anniversary and also just kind of do a pulse check for um, the Counter Stories crew, because oftentimes we, especially for those of us who are involved in community, often don't get a chance to stop and check in with each other as we are out there trying to just do what we can to keep fighting a good fight. So how are y'all doing today as we come to this? What is on your mind? Let's just start there and then we'll start moving through our topics. Oh, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to find words at this point because I feel like <sighs> when we were talking about what to talk about for today's show, and this was a few days ago, right? So before the shooting in Texas, the more most recent shooting in Texas, I should say, at the school, because there have been a string of shootings throughout the country, um, including the one in Brooklyn, um, the one at, you know, the Asian church. Right. And now the school one. And, I, you know, we were like, OK, well, let, let's do a counter stories about these shootings. And I just kept thinking, what more is there to say that we haven't said nine years ago, nine, ten years ago, we started this show talking about shootings and police violence and then we got into just gun violence and mass shootings and I feel like I'm feeling very hopeless and then yesterday when the shooting at Robb Elementary in Texas occurred I was going in to interview among veteran I spent two hours with him so before going in I read a, a quick headline on my phone two dead at shooting in elementary school. And I thought, oh, um, oh, shoot. Um, and then I went to do this interview. I came, I came out of the interview two hours later, and it was like 17 people. And, and I just, I don't know, you guys, I don't think I even cried because I, I just, it was like numbing at this point. I mean, just, I mean, if you just look at some of the deadliest ones, we have Rob Elementary just recently, Oxford High School, 2021, Santa Fe High School, May 2018, um, um, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, February 2018, um, Umpqua Community College, 2015, um, Marysville Pilchuck High School, 2014, University of California, Santa Barbara, 2014, six dead. Sandy Hook was the, was 2012, uh, Oikos University, 2012, Northern Illinois, 2008, Virginia Tech, 2007, West Nickel Mines <laughs> Amish School, 2006, Red Lake High School, 2005, uh, Columbine High School, 1999. We, we, those are just some. 
of the list. And some of you may have seen it on your social media where folks are, are, are kind of just giving the list. And we keep coming back to this conversation over and over again with no action around it. You can only pray so much. You can only only process so much before your your defense mechanisms take over and start to say, well, is this the world we're living in? And and I think, you know, my wife put a post, um, you know, out today as she's just processing outwardly, trying to, you know, wrap her heads around, you know, how can we call ourselves a nation that's supposed to be with all these talking points, right? Pro-life and 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 pro all of these things and 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 greatest nation, but no other nation on the planet has this problem. And we seem to do nothing policy-wise, procedure-wise, nothing seems to move the needle. Uh, because unfortunately, culture seems to continue to trump uh, uh, the lives of children. And this is on the soil <laughs> where we were removing and separating children um, in the boarding schools. It seems like you know, I connect that into the same thing. Uh, we are continuing to, 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 to let this be what marks us as a nation. And it's problematic. You know, Anthony, what's... What what came to mind as you were reading through that list is that that list only includes the school shootings. It doesn't include Buffalo that happened two weeks ago. It doesn't include all the other mass shootings and killings that that um, we've seen here in the Twin Cities in the past two, three years and uh, cities across the country. It does not, that doesn't even include those. And, you know, your, your question that kind of started the, the discussion was kind of asking us to, to just check in. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like Hilly in at, at this point in terms of I'm not numb uh, you know, I'm I'm not totally numb. There's have have you? Uh, there's a young man named Sean King, who is who uh, does a lot of activist work in community around these issues, and I follow him on my social media feed. And since this shooting yesterday, Sean has been posting. Um, a photograph of each child with a background story of that of that ch- of that child that um, lost their lives yesterday in, in the shooting. So I've been following his posts because he's been he's been humanizing these children, and and I have to admit as I as I check in on this and 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 I. I'm kind of reading the background, listening. It's it's devastating to to have these parents, you know, already commenting about their their loved ones that that were taken from them yesterday. Um, that is that gets through to me. That has been breaking through. What I hear on the news is kind of chatter, and um, but what Sean is doing is kind of breaking through for me, making this real. The fact that we've lost these kids, and I have two kids, and I, I can't even imagine having to deal, uh, having to deal with anything like this, and and it's also you know 
it, it it's colliding with the fact that it's as you mentioned it's uh two years since Joyd Floyd lost his life right and on media you know in the Twin Cities media here they've been kind of pointing out that today is a day to honor you know George Floyd and and to me that it that that those comments hit me the wrong way because two years later we still haven't seen the systemic change that that was supposed to bring about we're still dealing with young black men being killed by by Minneapolis Police Department for one reason or another, no-knock search warrants that were supposed to have been outlawed. I mean, we still are not seeing the systemic change um, that two years ago and or a year and a half ago, you know, at least a half year after the death of George Floyd, as this swept the country that we were really hoping to see. And it seems to have stalled out. And now here we are, just like Khalees said, here we are with another 21 people, 21 people, 19 kids. And all we're getting from one side of this equation is the same rhetoric we've we've gotten from them for the past 15, 20 years which is their prayers and their thoughts go out to these families. And that is not enough. That has never been enough. You know, the the contradictions and the arguments about our inability as a nation, you know, we can, we can tell women they can't have abortions, Right. And then turn around and sell guns to kill the children if they do have them. I mean, it just it just blows my mind. There's no logic. There's no. There's nothing that makes sense in any of that, and it just boggles your mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Anthony. Well, these are just these these are the living contradictions for folks of color that all as we continue to put these patterns in front of us. We continue to try to illuminate these contradictions that we have seen in our communities over and over again. And 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 this is one of those moments where where again it it shows our unwillingness to to address those contradictions. Pro-life when it comes to controlling what a person can or can't do, based on dubious claims at best, and <laughs> Yet, um, you know, the same folks who will say I'm pro-life on one side using that talking point, which is a, a misnomer, right? Because when you actually break that conversation down with nuance, we're actually pretty on the same page as a nation. The, the actual subset that is that is pushing a singular view of that point is 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 actually pretty unrepresentative of the of the majority of the United States. And then, but but the same folks who are pushing those specific talking points will will also say will also be absolutely for death penalty. Well, well, at what point does that pro life matter or mean something, you know, fully right? Otherwise, it just it, it it rings hollow. It rings as hollow as I'm not racist. 
It rings as hollow as, as rugged defense of I'm a good person. Yeah. Okay, great. Now, can we deal with the systemic thing that we're actually talking about that ain't got nothing to do with you as an individual and everything to do with us as a society? Like, like the, these are, are, are some of the things that we are unwilling to have. And again, I think we're going to see the same pattern. We're going to have this period of mourning and then we're going to have this period of going right back. Folks are going to try to figure out just like the NRA tapes, <laughs> how to get right back to uh, talking points that uplift our our myopic uh, political views as opposed to to having conversations about what we have to do as a as a beloved community. We're going to see the same pattern happen again. Those contradictions have just really been like keeping me awake at night because I feel like it, it. a lot of these are hitting so close to home. And I, and I did mention this on my socials. Like I, I, I chose not to have children and I have a lot of reasons why, but one of the reasons why is like, I don't want to have kids in this type of, of contradictory environment where I'm being told that if I get pregnant, I have to be forced to have this child. But, you know, if there's no formula, the government's not going to help me. As we see with a bunch of people voting against this emergency bill to bring formula in for these families. And I know people say, well, just breastfeed. There are a lot of reasons why a lot of mothers cannot breastfeed or babies that do not take to breast milk. Okay, so that's not a solution. We just say all mothers should breastfeed. I I have done a lot of work around breastfeeding and I know all the benefits and the downsides, et cetera, et cetera. So before you go and tell a mom she should just breastfeed, do your research, as people like to have been saying this last two or three years. Secondly, it's it's this idea that if my child's life is so valued, then why are strangers able to walk into schools with guns that they're able to just get so quickly when you when you want to. An abortion in some states, you have to wait 48 hours. You don't even have to do that to get guns in some states. Right. And so why is there this detachment of of this and why is nobody in power? Like, why aren't these? I mean, I I just they pretend like they don't see that connection, but like they have to see the connection. I just wanted to point out that in Texas, Governor Abbott and them made it uh, loosened their requirements. You now can carry in Texas with no with no. Uh, you know, here we need a concealed carry. Down there in Texas, you don't need anything to buy guns. Well, that and, makes and a lot of sense, though. But but you you I you mean, need being to be twenty one for listeners. Yeah, <laughs> you need to be twenty one to buy alcohol, though, right? Like there, we we we've got these other restrictions <laughs> about what you can right. do. But um, you can't who, read a book about the actual history that happened in America oh, that you are responsible exactly. enough to have a gun. Exactly. So how, how is this making sense? And the worst part, I mean, not the worst part, but another factor that goes into this is this narrative that when we say we want gun control, we're saying take away everybody's guns. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying there needs to be some sort of regulation and some sort of background check on people before they're able to purchase guns. But this narrative that we're just saying nobody should be able to have guns at all. That's that's what's being fed into the public. 
So, so, so let's, let's, let's go here. And again, if you're, if you're listening, this is counter stories. Um, and, and this is a grab bag episode. So you're going to get this conversation just like we would, if we were sitting in the living room talking to each other. All right. That's what that means, um, for the grab bag episode. So, so, uh, most conversations Minus don't go linear, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but most, most conversations don't go linear and this one can't, we cannot keep trying to put these neat little, little talking boxes onto things because even our conversation about, about the laws in Texas, to me, are after the root cause conversation that we just are unwilling to have. Uh, our gun culture is 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 detrimental to us, and it has nothing to do with the ability to go and hunt and fish and 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 do those things, or even with the the right to bear arms in defense of of the community, which let's be clear, we're not talking about, you know, if we were in Ukraine right now, there's a reason for the second amendment, right? There's a reason, you know, if it's for a government and tyranny and stuff like that, all of that was made at a time and in a situation that, that, that says when you, that, that, that is for a very different cause and reason, let alone the racist reasons for it, which is another conversation that we have to get into, but that does not have anything to do with the public health crisis that we have, you folks, you know, you have a report that erroneously says that uh, talk, calls out absent fathers in black households when we, according to to CDC data, are actually one of the most involved uh, groups of, uh, you know, but 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 our but but a subset gets elevated. Right. And all of a sudden, everybody's going on talking about toxic culture. You have a few rappers who 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 come out with something that's that's misogynistic with a bunch of swear words or crude or something like that or lewd. And all of a sudden there's toxic culture, but you have shooting after shooting, after shooting, after shooting, white, young male, AR 15. And we aren't having any conversations about a toxic culture. These are, I mean, again, this, 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 these, these contradictions showing that even in, even in this space where we've got babies who are dead and we need to deal with this generally, are still unwilling to to look at the racialized pattern. Anthony, I think that let me let me jump in and 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 because I think that we are having these conversations. Many of us in this country are having those exact conversations. However, the individuals in power, the individuals who set laws and policy, there have been one section of those individuals who belong to the GOP who have prevented, um, and not just them singularly. I think there are also some Democrats who have not totally supported um, any kind of prevention, any kind of gun control, any, you know, so there are many, many Americans who are having this very conversation who are just as upset as we are in this regard without even throwing in the race card on top of it, because we can throw the race card on top of that when we talk about guns, because what you're talking about is are those equal protections that we've seen readily available for white men. White men can strap a gun on their back and storm into the state capitol and don't get arrested. Right. But you let you let me and you and Halid do that and see how far we walk down the street. The <laughs> assumption or prospect of even aggression I'm, results I'm, in death. I'm just saying, you know, so recently, you know, uh, and, and I know this is a grab bag, but this all fits together where there actually was one case, you know, the city of Minneapolis now 
who continually is paying out millions of dollars, it seems like once or twice a year, toward individuals who have been shot by Minneapolis police. And so we have now, as a result of the uh, people demonstrating to, to have change come to the Minneapolis Police Department after the unfortunate, horrendous death of George Floyd that we all witnessed in a nine-minute video, um, there was a situation where some of the police department, some of these cops, white cops, hopped in a hopped in a van, an unmarked van, and were riding through the streets on Lake Street and shooting their their uh, projectiles at individuals. It, and there's video. It was like a game, and they drove by a parking lot with three black men standing by their car and un, unannounced shooting from a moving vehicle shot at these men. And one of them thought they thought they were being attacked by drive-by shooting because the police never announced who they were. So they one of them returned fire. But then once they realized what was happening, they immediately, he put his gun down and laid down on the ground. And these police officers came up, kicked him in his face, fractured his face, roughed him up, right? And the city just paid $1.5 million. That's the first time I'm aware of where, where the fact that he had a gun and he returned fire, but he was found innocent means that the, that the behavior of the police were so egregious. No jury could could flip that around. You know what I'm trying to say? Because usually when it involves a firearm and a black person or a person of color, things don't go well. Right? So we're, would you consider not, would you consider that systemic change or would you consider that something that they felt like they had to do because they didn't want any more? Uh, trouble from community. You know what I mean? No, no, like that's, if not, that, that's not systemic change. The video, the police, the police took video themselves. The video was so incriminating. There was no if, ands, buts about that. I mean, we you hear it. them talking about, well, let's go drive around and get us some. Or, hey, no, we don't need to mess with these folks over here. They seem to be all white. I mean, they made it very clear in the video what they were attempting to try to do. And they did it. You know, we we, we covered that on um on on racial reckoning uh with with Anthony and Georgia um and and it, it, again it was bearing witness yeah and and one of the things that that keeps coming forward is again our inability our inability to decouple and and this is one of the things cuz cuz I absolutely can see how somebody and this is an unfortunate piece can look at all the same things we're looking at and come to a very different conclusion because for some of us this is wrapped in this in this weird and perverse cultural thing that actually doesn't have anything to do with any of our real cultures and i mean any 
of our real cultures. There is this thing that has been created and, 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 and people of color have been, have been trying to talk about this for a long time, that, that there is this culture that has been built that isn't even, um, that, 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 that isn't even healthy for, for the folks who ascribe to it, who try to wrap around these, this series of talking points, right? I, I grew up with folks who were Democrat and Republican and the conversations that they were having policy-wise, like I'm here for a good debate, right? I'm here for a good policy debate and, and, and differing opinion on things. But we're watching something that is wrapping itself in a culture, defending something that isn't even healthy for the folks that are, that are standing up for it. When we look at, this situ- at, at these situations, right, let alone the fact that there are a whole lot of other kids who have died in gun violence, handgun violence, Right. And, and we don't seem to want to be able to do that because that happens in in our community spaces. Right. Well, 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 the iteration for this gun culture, this this is which is just part of a whole of, of a larger cultural space is 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 happening to to these kids in these in these schools. And, and when you go back to that same list, almost all of them are AR-15s. So that's an even another layer to this, because it'd be one thing if we were talking about handguns. We're actually talking about weapons that even many military folks are like, that's a military grade weapon. There is no reason for the everyday person to have that weapon in the first place. So you can go ahead and make a case about all of your rights and stuff like that. But no other country on the planet has this problem. I'll never forget I'll never forget getting a chance to be a part of a conversation of folks checking in. And these are folks who are working in law enforcement in different countries. And they wanted to hear from some folks who were on the ground, who were from this area, who are connected. And so I got to be on this virtual panel. And and as we were talking about this, and I was the clergy representative of it, you know, one of the in, in one of the side conversations, uh, one one of the British officers was like, hey, you know what? You know, I, 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 I just have to, um, I'm fascinated by this conversation because this is just not a consideration that we have to think about. And I asked him, I was like, what do you mean by that? He was like, cause like people aren't scrambling to many folks own guns. They have guns for hunting purposes or, or, or even for protection, but he doesn't encounter them in this way. This, this whole thing is, it just seems, it, it seems nuts. Like he has to go he has to go and unlock a gun <laughs> from a central location if he thinks he's walking up into, or there's a special group that goes and deals with that. The the average officer does not have to resort to that, right? Like, and and he was saying in his tongue in cheek, and I'll keep it anonymous, but but he was like, I, I know how to subdue somebody, right? And I we don't have this culture that makes me worry that that somebody may possibly have a gun. That's just it's just not part of the culture. That is something I mean, that is unique to us. The Onion headline, all their headlines on their homepage today is, no way to prevent this, says only nation where this happens regularly. And each article under that headline is a different occurrence that has happened in the U.S. of mass shootings. And, you know, it's a satire website, but it's so true. And it's, it, it is so sad because people ask me that when I go abroad, they're like, oh, do you guys just all have guns like just sitting around all the time? You know, and that's what they're that's what they see America 
as is like we're sitting here and we all just have guns and we're packing all the time because that's what we do is we just we you know we care about our guns more than we care about our babies and is that you know do you guys think that that this occurrence is going to change anything because my heart tells me it's not i mean sandy hook which happened seven eight years ago by now those were mostly white kids this shooting in Texas are mostly non-white kids. And if we're not going to change stuff for the white kids, we're definitely not going to change it for the Latinx kids. You know, this, this, and, and again, we were even talking ourselves into now that I'm listening and thinking back on what we've already just, just talked about, we've even walked ourselves into a gun legislation conversation, Right. And which which is not decoupled. Like this is the thing. I, I want to make it clear for folks who are listening. Our you know, one of the things that we that we share across the communities of the folks here on Counter Stories is that we're never having one conversation at a time. These conversations are layered, and we and we practice. We have have a, a, a cultural norm of having multiple conversations. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. This is not uncoupled from the fact that if 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 I didn't have as readily ready access to to the weapons that allow me to act on my destruction, right, is one piece of it. But the second piece is what the what are the crises, um, you know, mentally and 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 socially. For the for the kids who are are committing these heinous crimes, right? Who are who are who are part of this is another conversation. The toxic culture that is producing that. The other piece that with that as well is the fact that we don't seem to to um, we we don't seem to want to deal with the the um, we 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 don't want to seem to deal with the thing that makes a kid go all the way to I need help I need help and we haven't listened. Like these are all still part of the conversation. You can't tell me that in any of these situations that there weren't signs. No, there were things that we ignored. And I think that's, that, that is even at the root. I think, you know, part of this also has to get real about our own denial to deal with things that are real and right in front of our face that we don't seem to want to deal with. So it's much easier for me to make a talking point about somebody trying to attack my gun rights than to talk about the fact that we've got toxic cultures in our denial and inability to pay attention to what's in front of us or deal with what's in front of us that are causing even the situation for which these kids are taking advantage of our inability to legislate, to, to act out on these crimes. And the blame. It's always like if it's a young man who does this, the blame is always, well, what, you know, where are his parents? You know, where did he get access to his parents' weapons? But it's it, as a society, we're not offering support. We're not offering any the the services to mental health, right? It's always you know after a white man has done this, it's always oh he was you know he had issues, he was mentally unstable, blah blah blah. So then why weren't there these services available to him before? This happened. And now that we know this is an issue because we've seen this happen over and over and over, why haven't we offered those services now to other to prevent this? I mean, I feel like this country is just not really understanding the the word prevention, not only in healthcare, but like in, in a lot of the things that we do, right? Is is prevention instead of, of reaction. Well, keep in mind that Kyle Rittenhouse's mom bought him his weapon very That's directly. True. So, so not, I mean, <laughs> not not always. Sometimes, yes, but not always. Yeah, but but again, again, we're, we're we 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 are running right back up into this to 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 this this culture thing that seems to trump 
having conversation, having actually real dialogue, actually dealing with root, because what you're talking about really is a root cause issue. You know, these this is blended even to our local um, policy spaces, right? There, there are a lot of folks who are like, are huge advocates for these tools that will spot uh, a, a gunshot in a neighborhood, right? And whatever you feel about that, that's still an after the fact, even police itself, policing itself is an, a, a reactive solution. It's not, it's not a proactive solution. It's not an interventionary solution. It doesn't deal with root cause issues. And so I even got a problem with what we ask our officers to do in the first place, let alone what we're seeing and the outcome because of our policies and system spaces, right? But we're not even willing to have that conversation, right? And and so... But those, usually those, I think, Anthony, I think though when we get caught up in those kind of discussions, it's actually deflecting away from the fact that I can walk into a gun store and buy AR-15. So, I mean, it just deflects that all the way because all of a sudden now it's a mental health issue. And it's this and it's that, right? And and so, but the fact that, you know, we have an industry in this country who has spent so much money and we have an association who can collect so much money and that money is spent on our elected officials who who then vote against legislation to make changes. You know, we can't get legislation to prevent us from buying AR-15s. To me, that's that would be kind of a simple solution as a start, right? I mean, the, there are there are, but I'm just saying that there's so much money spent to prevent this from happening. Um, and you know, I think, yeah, but yeah, they, 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 they hit saying, every, every issue, you know, right? Every topic. I mean, now we're talking about voting so and everything like that. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's all connected, right? This, we're, yeah. and, and, and this idea that we're <laughs> it, it, somehow not talking about this or not not involved as communities in having these discussions. I think it's very important to point out that to your point, Don, about folks not actually listening, because again, we. Oh, it, it, Outside of being able to vote somebody out, which requires us to marshal a whole lot of power, there's not a whole lot of other other recourse. Whereas uh, associations and, uh, and and specifically, I think you're, you're referencing the NRA, the the National Rifle Association, which did, by the way, said we're absolutely silent when one of their own members, Philando Castillo, my yes. my classmate, was gunned down. That's that's a whole conversation of itself. But then, you know, what what pulls the power button to say you must listen and act on this? Yes. You know, because political yes. preservation will make somebody not act on things that we say you need to act on because of this notion that somehow that's going to. And sorry, sorry, I mean, that's got to buttress right up against the fact that that's voting power is not going to get you unless you are you are you are at risk of it. Right. The, the voting is one piece of power, but all the money, the capital for your campaigns and all that stuff is another. And then you also still Term have limits. the case. Term limits. But so, so even amongst all those things, right? There still has to be a will to 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 do something different. And we, I'm not gonna, ready to just also throw out the case that all right, fine, I'm gonna die on my principles, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna be the principles here. Look at what happened to Al Franken. All right, just again, how these are all bundled, right? He he owned up, did you know? 
addressed the issue that he had openly and said, I'm going to, I'm going to take this real and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with my conscience here. Right. And, and it felt good and actually paved the way for some women to be, to be in positions of power. Hey, all right. You can, you can chalk a win on that, but it also meant that Al Franken wasn't there who had a lot of power, who had a lot of seniority to, to move some things along. And, and, and so, you know, the, these, all of these things are, are, are a complicated piece, but one piece of legislation is 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 not the 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 end all because Columbine didn't have AR-15s. That was the first major one that I grew that when we were in school, flea, you know, right. that we were having yeah. to deal with. Yeah. You know, and so we could stop you from getting access or having as ready access to the things that make these killings even more. But the thing that's causing the person to walk into the school and assault that place of innocence in the first place has to get addressed because folks will find a way. Folks will find a way because there's there, there's something that's causing somebody to do this. And and the 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 racial pattern is very clear. It is not and people of color. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Although this although this incident, um, the latest one falls kind of outside that norm. Well, yeah, but but again, that's that racialized pattern. Again, we take the the right. the the outliers and try to say, nope. Nope, it's not just a problem amongst white folks because a handful of folks of color were also did it too, and so therefore the vast majority uh, that's it, it's not a racialized pattern. Um, you know, so you know, one of the things that's that's been been great hearing all your perspectives so far is that one of the things that often happens when we get into this is we 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 stop talking and we stop just saying what's on our minds and we keep it inside. And one of the things that health practitioners like Dr. Joy Lewis, who we'll eventually have on our show, um, and, and and many other folks will say is, you know, you got to get this stuff out of you. So so even even if you feel like, you know, there's no hope or or, or you feel a little nihilistic about this thing, um, getting it out into the conversation and getting it out of your body is actually a healthy thing. So because we can't stew on these things. So it's been great to be able to hear your perspectives and really just to do do some connecting of the dots. And so if you're listening to us right now, you know, connect those dots, keep those right in front of you, because it gets you into the place of starting to think through. You can't hope to get to solutions if you haven't even processed what's coming up for you. So I just want to give you all a shout out of appreciation for that. There's a lot of things happening in and all around us. And I know that's just one here on the anniversary of George Floyd. Um, but what are some of the other things that are coming up? up for you in this moment when all the things seem to be coming together? Okay. Well, you know, excuse me. I think for me, um, one thing that, that, you know, impacted so close to home, um, in the past, I think what past week or so was the, um, principal from, uh, Minneapolis North putting out on social media that, that essentially, I think it was supposed to be um, the end or in the end of that week that she sent out this message would be her last day um, at Minneapolis North, that she was more or less being forced to resign. And she gave a little background information and and. um and the explanation was that that um, after the shooting of Amir Locke on the no-knock warrant that we've discussed here on Counter Stories, um, where the police, what was that, 
six seconds or less than six seconds after they come rushing through the door that Amir was shot and killed, that students at Minneapolis North were were upset about this recent, you know, another killing of a young black male by by a Minneapolis Police Department, and they wanted to do something about it. So the principal um, supported them, right, empowered them as a student body, the entire student body of Minneapolis North. And and I just want to preface this a little bit because this this principal um, is has been empowering has changed the culture at Minneapolis North. Um, and her name is uh, Maori. And she has been doing fantastic things over at North for the past three, four years. Has completely changed the culture. Has empowered these students. Has energized them. She loves them. She supports them. And so she was being supportive of them and help in their civic engagement, which I remember taking civics when I was in high school. And so civic engagement. And so they um, were having a, um, were going to march and have a demonstration in support of Amir Locke. Apparently, uh, the Minneapolis uh, Public Schools apparently has a policy somewhere that I think prevents a principal or maybe others from taking part in something like this, or at least that's kind of what I understood, right? And mm-hmm. and and it's not just principals. Uh, it 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 um, there were some you know in some previous demonstrations where teachers showed up to support students in their exercising of their of their rights have also been either suspended or reprimanded as well. So there's a so there's a policy that prevents staff from supporting students, which I can't quite wrap my mind around. But and there's you know I'm sure there is reasons why that was put in place. Um, not being part of the school board or being part of Minneapolis for years, I'm just not sure what that is. But she elected to go anyways and support her students. Um, what happened, however, is that on the day that these kids were on their way to with their civic engagement, a young man named Deshaun Hill wandered away from the rest of the group, right? Remember Deshaun? He left the activities from that day. And on his way to wherever he was going, he walked by an individual who turned around and shot and murdered him. And that, I think, that event was kind of used... Also, I think, because there are, you know, depending on who you were or who you are, maybe family of Deshaun Hill or others in the, you know, kind of use that as as a um, as an argument to say that if she hadn't allowed this to happen, then he wouldn't have left. You know what I'm trying to say? They were trying to connect the dots and put the blame 
squarely on her that it was her actions that led to his death. So, so this is this is yet another um, another space where they're gonna we've got to examine the policy that's there. You know, I, I don't know about the folks trying to make that connection um, because that that's that's a that's a very dubious connection to make. Uh, you know, in in the in the in the in the first place. But one of the things around that policy, right? Um, you know, she said herself that when students decided that they were going to do this, these school walkouts were happening no matter what. And do I just sit there and, 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 and do nothing about that? Or do I try to help keep the education going? What she said in her letter is, is that she, she taught the kids, Hey, here, here are some, you know, if you're going to do this, this is how it connects to history. Here's how we can make this a continuation of your education throughout the day so that when you go out and do this, you also know, you know, are, are doing some of that scholastic work and then join them in there. Right. What also doesn't get talked about is the fact that, you know, as a, and, and, and you can disagree with Minneapolis's policy all, all around. I think there's some things to consider if you have an administrator there and some kids do some things that aren't, um, you know, civil disobediently. What is your role? Uh, as an educator there, you know, um, but also what is your role to support the kids? What is your your positive influence helping the kids to make good choices while they're out? You know, there's a whole lot of things that go along with that. And and I can see the corporate, you know, side of that going, mm, nope, just stay out of it, stay away from it. And then we're not culpable. I can definitely see that energy in the mix. But but they the to terminate as a result. Right. Uh, or to to put or put on administrative leave. For for just for attending, there was it, it, those were going to happen no matter what, right? And 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 her credibility with the kids for the for the healing that happened when he was killed, like if she if they didn't see a principal or a leader, and this is just me looking at it as a parent, right? If 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 my kids see our principals down for them and is going to back their play. When that principal comes and says, let's have, let's, let's, let, let me support you in the healing from the loss of your classmate, that's going to go so much longer and so much farther than the, the principal that cites policy and steps back. And then the kids are just out there without anybody else around like that. I, 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 I disagree on so many levels. And again, I just don't think that there was thoughtful dialogue that was happening, you know, around it. It's like, Oh, you know, I, I could absolutely see somebody checking the box, going to saying, oh, you showed up at it. You did this thing. There's no conversation that brings in any nuance or strategy or critical thought around it. it at least it sort of feels like from the outside. And so, boom, now you're fired. And all of a sudden the community and the students are like, oh, no, 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 no. And then they show up and then you reinstate her till the end of this year. We're not done with this fight because the reinstatement is just to the end of the school Wait, year. I get I get why. Some that sort of policy from the school's perspective and from the school board and the district's perspective, why that sort of policy would be in place. But as a student, while while I was in high school and we wanted to protest the unfair um, wardrobe or what is it, the rules around what we could and couldn't wear. What is that called? My brain is not working, you guys. Clothes, uh, you know, the rules on like what girl... Just code. Okay. So when, when we were in high school, we wanted to, you know, uh, make changes to the dress code as it um, obtained to girls. Girls were not allowed to wear tank tops with spaghetti straps because it was, quote, distracting. Uh, 
And we didn't think that was fair because we, there was no air conditioning. And why is it our fault? Like we can't even wear tank tops because we're distracting men and, you know, teachers and boys. Like we didn't think that was fair. So there was like going to be this walkout and school got wind of this walkout. And I remember what teachers said, you know, you can't walk out. If you walk out, you'll be failed. And what teachers said, you can't walk out. If you walked out, you'll be failed. Wink. As in, I support you. I get it. It's not a fair policy, but I can't publicly support you. And just how is like, what the F? You know, like at the time thinking, especially with my female teachers, it was like, I know that you support us and you agree with this, but that you can't publicly say that it made us feel less than as women at that time trying to feel empowered you know what i mean so you know and i just real quick there is a friend of mine whose children go to minneapolis public schools and and she is very involved with the school board and attending these meetings and she she posted something the other day concerning this that I just wanted to share. So in it, she was pointing out that a white male principal um, sexually harassed parents and staff, including her, um, uh, left the building early, unsupervised repeatedly, had multiple chances to do better, and this this individual is still employed by Minneapolis Public Schools. Then she gave another example of a white male teacher grabbed the fourth grade student of color so violently that he left bruises. It was confirmed via video, and this individual was still employed. Um, A white teacher locked black students out of a building, um, caught on camera, reported by this individual's daughter, um, told students Trump is still president. Um, This individual is still employed by Minneapolis Public Schools. And a white male elementary principal showed up drunk at school more than once, uh, was put on paid leave for months, however, is still employed by Minneapolis Public Schools. And she was providing these examples to point out, and what she was pointing out is that it depends on who breaks the rules. And what happens now, whether that's true or not, but that's kind of damning evidence. I met Maori one time um, when I was still working at Metro. I was invited to North to do a uh, to talk about historical trauma to a, a, a black parent group. And so it was an evening and, and I was doing my presentation And she kind of snuck in. I didn't even see her when she came in. And she sat in for like the last part of it. And then she, at the end, she introduced herself. She spoke to the parents and addressed me. Um, And when she talked to that, to the uh, parents, I was struck by her demeanor, by what she was saying. There was this... I knew I was in the presence of someone remarkable. 
You know what I mean? It, the, the sister don't play. The sister don't I, I, play. I was, yeah. you know, now I had heard a little bit about her because at that point in time, she hadn't been around very long. All right. She had just come in and was beginning to make these changes. But you know, you know, when you meet someone that there are times that there are people you meet in your life that stand out. And she was one of those individuals. And, and so I'm this, I was really disheartened to hear, um, to have her put this out. And while she's been reinstated to the end of the school year, I really hope that Minneapolis public schools can figure this out. Right. Well, you know, I, I, Don, I'm, I'm in such agreement with you, and then that, that's the that's the the point because I actually am a am, am a proponent of the policy that she's running afoul of. My issue was the response to it because the response to to, to that doesn't need to be firing. Because again, if 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 we we can't walk the line in having having. Um, our our uh, educators and things like that, you know, advocating and legislating, just like me as a pastor, right? I'm I'm not up in that pulpit to legislate policy, right? Give the Caesar what a Caesar. So that, that's not that's not why I'm I'm up there. And there's and there's a, there's there's rules in place for that, right? Now at the same time, there you know, being students of history, you know, be connecting the dots historically, encouraging students to use their voice. That's a different thing. That's not advocating for a political topic. That's seeing what the students are already upset about and helping them to direct that uh, in a way that has them investigate what has happened historically. Put this into context as you go out there. And then I will join you in your exercising of your of your duties as as your teacher leader, as 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 an educator who can help you make sense of this stuff. Right. Because you guarantee you just knowing her track record, if you know they go out there and they see that as they organize their demonstration, it didn't get organized well. Right. Or 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 there are things that they didn't even consider. She's going to have that conversation with you, too. <laughs> and say, you know, did you, what was your purpose for going out there? Right. Have a purpose. And, and, and that is a very different thing. And if, and, and she said it in her own letter, she said, she said directly, she said, look, MPS requires schools to follow protocols in times like that. And I did not. She, so, you know, specifically, I encouraged our students to plan their own actions. I gave them examples of historical disobedience like sit-ins and pledged to join them in their action. And so she's like, all right, it, I, if, if according to the school district uh, rules, I overstepped my bounds and this is why that has happened. But I disagree to your point, Don, with the response. And I, and I think, and I think it's, 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 it's powerful that she might not have been able to say and, and keep, you know, her relationships and with colleagues and stuff like that to be able to point out the disparate treatment, right. Or the lack of nuance or, 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 you know, that this decision seemed to have, and so, you know, we've we've again, even as we were talking about before, this is another one of those areas in which I need us to have the nuanced mm -hmm. conversation, the one that does that looks at multiple things at the same time, because if we only look at it one myopic way, then we then we lose people like 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 Miss uh, uh, Principal Free. Exactly. Another thing to add on to that, as we're talking about, like how she she really went out of her way outside of her normal duties to connect this this thing that was happening in in the community around her school to a lesson right she turned this into a learning opportunity and 
that's what teachers, that's what our educational, you know, uh, professionals are. That's what we should be expecting, but we can't because they have to follow these rules and regulations. And guess what? They're overwhelmed with a million other things. And so as much as I'm sitting here going, I was really frustrated with those teachers who who didn't show up to support. I also need to understand that how, how much of their personal time are they spending already doing the schoolwork, meeting all of the standards, et cetera, that they're being forced to for such crap pay and not being respected by anybody. So as we're talking about nuances and the different layers to everything, there's just another one to throw on top of that. Just going to put it out there. Oh, I thought you were going to throw in something else. Uh, <laughs> you know, as we're, because I think we're getting, you know, we're, we're kind of reaching kind of, you know, toward the end. And, and so, I mean, you know, I just, I I just want to, as we think about that, right, as we think about she's amazing, but it shouldn't be amazing. It should be something that we should be expecting. Expecting, but we also can't expect it because we're all because the system is already expecting too much in a different way. And and so that's yep. And and Hle, I'm I'm so glad you go in there because you know one of the things you have to consider is all right. We've got these policies for a reason. Again, we're coming back to this right. If only we could have policies in place that prevent folks having access to the guns like we did uh, in our in the first part of our conversation. If only we could we could, you know, have policies and practices that have the outcomes that are equitable for us. You know, we also have to be willing to abide by the very expectations and rules that we have. And one of the challenges that folks of color have brought up repeatedly is that certain members of our society don't have to be held accountable to the very same rules and expectations of being a, a citizen in this society as the way that others are um, and our white white peers and counterparts don't seem to have to. But at the same time, you know, to your point, Flea, to, to, to add the nuance and actually challenge ourselves in this, right? So, so what if a, a teacher or a principal had a group of students who wanted to march against abortion and they let a school walkout and you helped them organize their walkout? Would we still be running to showing their, their right to do so? We have to be able to to say, hey, you know, whether you disagree with what they're walking out on, if you're using it as a moment to to, to help folks think, to help folks connect the dots scholastically so you don't lose a day of, 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 of education, I need to be able to still back that play. Whether I disagree with the outcome or not, and, and in that case, I would, but, 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 you know, there, there are, we have to be willing to be able to do that. And what I'm offering is that some folks in our society have proven the willingness to do that in ways that others have not. And we are seeing that in all of these different conversations, when folks are showing up to protect children, to, 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 to deal with this issue that we keep running into, the unarmed deaths of, of folks of color in the street and all of those, I, I need to point out the fact that some of us are willing to have a nuanced conversation to hold ourselves accountable to the same policies together. And there are some of us in society who are wrapping ourselves in talking points, to your point, Don, deflecting away from actually making change and unwilling to self-introspect. I am willing to self-introspect to say, I better show up for so another principal on a different issue, the same way we're showing up for, for, for Principal Fries, uh, Frieselbin. I'm going to hold myself accountable to that. 
there are some folks in our society who are using cultural talking points to not have to hold themselves accountable. You know, I, you know, and, go ahead. And, and just and just before we end, um, I'm, a cousin of mine sent me a um, a video. And unfortunately, you know what what's happening right now? I mean, all our family and friends are proudly posting pictures of their sons, daughters, grandsons, granddaughters, nieces, nephews, all graduating from high school. And so naturally, we had another incident where a young Native American woman, after, you know, putting in all her hard work, graduation, had an eagle feather attached to her cap, um, was in already in graduation activities leading up to um, going into the stadium to actually get her degree when she was stopped by a counselor and a security and uh, had to remove her eagle feather from her, her cap. Now, we've been having this happen at least once, twice, three times a year, for the past five, 10 years, you would think that by now a simple thing as allowing um, cultural expression, regardless of what community it's from. But, you know, in this case, it, it's it's with uh, 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 indigenous populations, American Indians who who, you know, and the eagle feather is one of the most powerful symbolic spiritual um symbol symbols that we have and um and again you know it, it this happened in front of her mother um now the school you know did apologize two days later but that's besides the point the fact that she couldn't express her cultural pride in achieving this accomplishment and I'm pretty sure that you know she was like the rest of us where she had to put up with the 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 crappy history we're taught in our schools now where she probably didn't get any reaffirming assuring um empowering things about American Indians and she was able to you know put herself through school, succeed in that regardless, and then denied this at the very last minute. And you know, I don't want to make a big thing about it, but you would think that by now that something as simple as that we could, could be avoided, now, right? I think that's the best capstone to our episode right there. We should know by now, we would have expected by now us to be able to tell the difference between... Uh, the the rep the 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 meaning of the eagle feather in the in the cap and gown versus somebody's um uh somebody's ACDC t-shirt that they wanted to have grafted on their on their robe are a very different cultural marker. <laughs> but we'll have to get into that conversation a different time. This has been great. This has been a grab bag episode where we just get to vent and, and, and talk about it and make those connections more like we would do if we were just sitting around having a conversation with each other. When will we learn and when will we hold ourselves accountable? I don't know, but we tell you what, we can't even get started in that unless we actually have the conversation. I'm Anthony Galloway, pastor of St. Mark AME Church in Duluth, Minnesota and senior partner at Dendros Group. I'm Halili, owner of the Other Media Group. And I'm Don Eubanks, associate at Dendros Group, a member of the Malax Banner with Jibwe Indians. This has been Counter Stories, a co-production of the Counter Stories crew, the Other Media Group, 
and Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.